to St. John's Sermons, a podcast from St. John's Lutheran Church, North Prairie, Wisconsin, a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We offer this podcast with the loving encouragement to use it as a supplement to your own regular reception of the Lord's gifts of forgiveness and life in word and sacrament on the Lord's day. The Lord bless your hearing of these sermons. before you, O Lord, and let your loving kindness descend on us, that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and the whole heavenly host, and may glorify you forever and ever. Amen. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. And gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. And they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from St. John, the ninth chapter. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said it is he, others said no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how are your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. 
Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Going over this text last week, my partner in crime, Todd, asked an interesting question. He asked, so when did the blind man of our text first believe? Obviously, at the end of our text, he says, Lord, I believe, and he prostrates himself. That's what the word literally means. He got down on his face, literally, in worship before Jesus. So clearly, at the end of the text, he believes. But that doesn't mean that he'd made any kind of decision or gave his heart to Jesus at that moment. In fact, one could argue that if he had believed then, he was a little stubborn and maybe a little slower to faith then you might expect someone who was blind and had just had his sight restored. That's pretty slow in light of the fact that he'd already had his restored sight for some time. And 
Of course, you just heard that very long text. And the thing to do when you work through John chapter 9 is follow the blind man. Follow, or the man formerly blind. Follow what he says. Watch how he, his whole thinking develops through the whole chapter. I don't think there is a moment in this text where all of a sudden the light bulb went on and he got it. When did he first believe? That's a pretty good guess. When did you first believe? The hymn Amazing Grace has that line in it that suggests that faith comes down to a moment in time. How precious did that grace appear? How does the line go? The hour I first believed. Do you have one of those hours in your life? Maybe you do. Maybe you have one of those moments where the grace of God finally made such an inroad into your life and into your heart that you were realizing for the first time how precious this salvation is. And maybe you remember that moment. But was that when you first believed? Or was faith there all along? Maybe just lying a little dormant until that moment or at least a little Unappreciated. I'm always surprised how many Christians uh, who have told me that they've never had such a moment. Indeed, I might be one of them. Martin Luther used a different term for this idea than faith to describe this, this phenomenon of when you sort of really appreciate it. He called it apprehension. That's when God has essentially apprehended you. And faith now is something that, uh, while faith is something that one has by the grace of God, that's what we've been saying all along, sometimes one has it whether they realize it or not. Apprehension is that recognition of how deeply ingrained it is, how precious it is, how the salvation really is mine. That's what Luther doesn't call faith, he calls apprehension. When grace is finally apprehended in the life of a Christian, it's not a synonym for faith, it's a part of it. And I am one such person who can't ever say I had one moment where that hit me. I think it's actually been many. Countless. And and that's not saying anything about me. I'm not bragging. I'm not saying what a strong Christian I am. In fact, to truly apprehend, one has to say quite the opposite. Apprehension truly is when the grace of God simply overwhelms you. Jesus died for a worm of a man like me. Wow. And I suspect John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, the former slave owner who had been converted by William Wilberforce in British history, was actually talking about apprehension when he wrote that line. John Newton wasn't a slave owner. He was a slave trader. He was actually one of Britain's most successful slave traders. And then William Wilberforce, the great abolitionist, the great British abolitionist, got through to him with the word of God, appealed to his Christianity and said, is that what Christians do? And John Newton, for the first time in his life, began to realize what it took for God to save someone like John Newton. 
You see, if John Newton meant anything else by that phrase, the hour I first believed, then blind men choose to heal themselves. The language of blindness is one of Paul's favorite metaphors for sin. We are spiritually blind. Moreover, in kind of a strange reversal of our text this evening, in John 9, a blind man receives his sight. In the very next book, the ninth chapter, Acts 9, Paul is brought to faith in exactly the opposite way. He's struck blind. He has to be led around by his friends. Once a strong man, he becomes utterly dependent on his friends and on God to restore his sight. The restoration of vision for Paul is also a miracle. But when did Paul become a believer in Acts 9? Clearly again, he ends the chapter 1. When did he finally see? And can you spot it in Acts 9 once again? I can't. Our story this evening and the story of Saul's conversion may be opposites, but they have one thing in common. There is no clear moment of faith in either story. Indeed, both stories also include a God whose grace happens totally uninvited. The blind man in our text doesn't call out to Jesus asking to be healed. He probably doesn't even know who he is at, at the time. And he isn't allowed to see him until long after the healing. And Paul, too, gets his life abruptly changed by the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. Neither man was looking for Jesus. Jesus was looking for them. Jesus found them. The Bible doesn't teach you find him. It teaches God's electing grace. God's finding God's choosing. And the story of your life, if it is honestly told, works the same way. Conceived and born into sin, God sought you out from your mother's womb. For many of us, it was when we were unable to give a confession of faith that God's grace first came to us as infants in our baptisms. Regardless of when that happened, God sought us out and continues to seek us out and hold us in his hand. If we reduce faith to one moment in our lives, then we lose a significant part of what it means to be a child of God right now. Faith does, in a sense, grow as you pass through all the circumstances of our lives, just as it appears to have done for this man in John 9, and as it appears to, it appears to have done for Paul in Acts 9. As we suffer, as we rejoice, as we have needs, as we go through sorrow, as we go through the whole business of what it means to be human, we grow as God apprehends us. So when did you finally see? Well, let's just say that God is reworking this miracle in you right now. He's reworking this miracle in you every day as he takes blind sinners and gives them eyes of faith. Dying to sin just like our Lord died to it on his cross. Rising again to new life just as Christ did on Easter Sunday is the daily business of the Christian. But it's all worked in us by a Lord who restores sight to the blind every day. 
He raises those who are dead in their trespasses every day. He takes ones who are by nature hostile toward God and makes friends with them every day. But that's not your business. It's God's. It didn't happen once to you at a critical moment in your life. God's doing it again and again as surely as the sun rises every morning. When did you finally see? Let's not get hung up on history here. (laughs) You're hearing your history buff pastor say, history may not be that important in that discussion. As if one moment in our lives changed everything. God's getting you to see right now. We don't live in the past of momentous decisions that really weren't our decisions. We live in the present of God's grace and the future of eternal life and resurrection. When did you finally see? Right now. And that's good news. And that's the good news. And that's all that matters. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This podcast is a service of St. John's Lutheran Church in North Prairie, Wisconsin. For more information, including locations, service times, and links to other Lutheran agencies, please visit our website at www.stjohnsnp.org. That's www.stjohnsnp.org. Theme music performed by Mr. Philip Magnus.